so virtually I became a nomad and I booked a one-way ticket to Peru and this was a journey of me learning to really love me because it's the first time in my whole life that I'd ever spent any time on my own. And I was in the Amazon rainforest uh, working with the Shipibo tribe and um, working with sacred plant medicines, which gave me a whole new um, aspect to myself as a multidimensional being. You know, and, and, I, and I, I was shown many insights. I, I got many insights from working with, uh, with the plant medicines. And, and it led me on this, this journey of self-discovery and this journey of living a very, very high vibration existence and being able to manifest like that as I was moving around Peru. I've never spoken to Nomad before and I'm incredibly grateful to have done so in this interview with Deborah. I think secretly there is a nomad in all of us, a desire to travel without boundaries and ties. But one thing is for sure, you must be able to trust. Trust that you will receive all the resources that you need at just the right time. And as Deborah explains, that did happen for her. She was able to manifest things instantly during her life in Peru. Something I'm sure we would all wish we could do. Deborah's life journey to date is truly fascinating. And I'm sure you will be inspired. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Really great to see you again after so many years. <laughs> Hello. I can't believe it's been so long, Michael. So we met for the first time uh, and we did have a wonderful time because I do remember those days and I was enjoying it immensely with... Uh, during the days of Anthony Robbins at the London Excel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many crewing experiences down there. Met yeah. some wonderful people. We must have been mad. And, you know, people always ask me, what, you go and crew for Tony Robbins for free? What's all that about, you know? <laughs> well, they don't understand. There are some so amazing souls that get together and have a good time. And um, in fact, I crewed um, in 2019 um, again. And then, um, yeah, or was it? No, 2018, I went back again. And then 2019, I did it again. I, I don't know what it was. I had a massive kind of gap. And then I went, oh. He's coming again. Maybe I should go and have a look. But yeah, I had a good time. And then my wife did UPW in 2019 for the first time. So it was really cool. Anyway, today's about you and about your story. And we'd love to hear all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so if you could get started with where you were born have you moved around? Where did you go to school? What did you study? Then transition into career, transition out of career into kind of business and what you're doing today. And then, yeah, please tell us everything, Deborah. Over to well, you. The, li the life story in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, no. yeah. Well, you've got you've got longer than a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was born in Burnley and um, I think my lust for travel came because when I was um, two years old, my mum and dad emigrated to Australia and we lived in Australia for four years, returning to Burnley when I was six years old. And so right. I've been educated in Burnley. You know, I went to St. Mary's Primary School where my mum was a, a primary school teacher there. Then I went to St. Hilda's Girls High School um, and being the eldest of five girls, going to an all-girls school didn't do me any good at all because I was terrified of boys. I'd never had any social contact oh, with them. Yeah. So going, my dad sent me to uh, judo uh, classes when I was 11 years old, and that was a real blessing for me because then I got to mingle with the opposite sex and find out that I was actually really very good at judo. And actually, when I was 16 years old, Michael, I was the girls' judo champion of Burnley. 
And this started off by talking about Tony Robbins. And do you know when you're doing the firewalk and you're doing all those anchoring techniques to get really get into state? Yes. Well, that moment that I stood on that stage feeling so powerful and so proud and unstoppable was that moment when I won that championship. So that was my anchor for doing the firewalk. And That's it's it's brilliant. really, really powerful and it's an emotion that I can just access at any time just by doing my move. <laughs> awesome. And oh yeah, and I'm there. So it's been it's been <laughs> really powerful. Fantastic. So going, uh, going to school, I mean, um I absolutely detested school. I mm. wasn't academically gifted. I found it really difficult to learn because I was a kinesthetic learner. And I find a lot of the teachers were chalk and talk and I found it really difficult to learn and retain the information because of the way I taught. And and I remember when I was 14, I got shingles at school, which (sighs) meant that I had three weeks off school. And that was brilliant because when I went back to school, I'd missed quite a lot of my studies. And so I was allowed to drop history and geography and take extra typing lessons, which suited me down to the ground. Because yeah. I love typing. And so I left school with uh, a prize in typing. I was really good at English. And I mm. set my first goal at 16. And I was inspired when reading the Burnley Express because I'd read about a woman who'd set up her own business in secretarial and office services. Right. And I thought, I can do that. <laughs> I'm good at typing. I'm good at uh, English. I just need to go into industry and get some experience. So I went to Burnley College, which is actually where I met my future husband. Um, I uh, started a career in secretarial services, private secretary. Um, And then when I was 21, to the horror of my parents, you know, I had a really good job working for the district education officer as his secretary. And I chucked it all in to go cycling around Europe for 12 months. Oh! That's unusual for a British (laughs) girl to be going cycling. (laughs) Well, it was Brian who inspired me. He said that he always wanted to go travelling. I said, well, if you're going, I'm coming with you. Oh, (laughs) brilliant. And we talked about how we're going to do this, you know, and we talked about getting an old banger and thought, well, if it's an old banger, it's not going to last very long. We don't have any money for repairing it. And thought... I used to be a motorbiker back in them days, and I had a right. motorbike. And thought, shall we go on the motorbike? And then it was well, there again, you know, it was limited if something goes wrong with it. So we ended up thinking, push bikes. We can go and do our own pedal steam. Wow! And so how far did you get? We We got the train to Switzerland, and we cycled through Switzerland, Italy, all down the Adriatic coast of Italy down to Brindisi, we got the ferry over to Corfu, then we got the ferry to mainland Greece and cycled from Petras to Athens in a headwind, which is the most difficult journey I've ever done. It was like, it, it was like really, really tough. And we stayed in Athens, Athens for three months and then we headed up to um, Italy and cycled from Venice um, mm over the, the Pyrenees Mountains into France, Monaco, France, all around the coast, into Spain. So we, we had a fabulous adventure. That's a long distance. How many kilometres or miles did you do? I haven't a clue. <laughs> haven't a clue! <laughs> Thousands by the sounds of it. My God, that's that's incredible, Yeah. I mean, that's quite a challenge. I mean... Uh, yeah, but uh, do you know what? We, we, and we'd saved up £500 each and we were away for all that time on £500 for 12 months. And that really taught us about budgeting, mm. about um, being resourceful. Uh, I also remember when I was in Italy, you know, I got my auntie to write out a phrase in Italian because we didn't speak Italian. And I got no. my auntie to write out a phrase for me. We were saying, Possiamo mettere la tenda sul suo terreno, per favore. And, and uh, apparently that means, please can I put my tent on your land for the night? Right. However, I found out uh, a couple of years ago when in an Italian restaurant and uh, practicing my phrase, my Italian phrase on the Italian waiter who was quite horrified. Actually, it has a double 
meaning and uh, he was quite oh. shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody is Italian and they're listening to this, um, do let me know if I've got the right meaning. <laughs> you were talking, of course, so you do. You were camping on the ground, <laughs> on his ground. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah. Uh, how old were you again? Remember, 21. Remind me. 21. That's quite young for an adventure like that, isn't it? But... I don't know because, like, there's a lot of people that travel, mm. and uh, you know, the more travel that I've done in my lifetime, the more I realise that people do opt for um, a nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that took twelve months. Mm-hmm. What happened when you got back? When I got back, I, I I did some temping jobs and then uh, landed a job as a branch administrator for a window company that was going through a very aggressive um, expansion program. And I worked for this company for 12 months. Um, Brian, who was now then my fiancé, had moved down to Burnley and I got him a job in the same company as a right. canvasser going out knocking on doors you know trying to get leads oh, and yes. um yeah i remember all the all the door knockers yes and then um i i realized after 12 months i'd, I'd sort of um, done what i could in that branch and i didn't feel that i was growing anymore i felt like i was like limiting my own potential and yeah. so i actually uh, created my own job by coming up with a proposal speaking to the managing director and pointing out to him that we needed um, somebody who was going to systemize all the processes in the company because everybody in the different branches was doing something different. Yeah. Um, the staff were being recruited by the branch manager who wasn't recruiting on skills, who they were recruiting on other criteria, which um, salespeople back then, you know, had a very bad reputation. Uh, and I know that a lot of the girls were going through a lot of sexual harassment in the workplace. Yeah. And I realised that, you know, something needed to be done about this. So I created my own job as national admin manager. Wow. And I, um, you know, I've got a lovely company car and, you know, living the good life and on mega money and everything. And um, and then my ex-husband, uh, Brian, because we got divorced in 2004, we were married by this time, and yes. he left the company to go and work for a rival company, and I was dismissed. Um, so I took the company to court on, uh, for unfair dismissal, yeah. was awarded uh, £2,000, which I then used to set up my own secretarial business. Right. And going back to uh, school, when I dropped uh, history and geography to do extra typing, and, and mm. you know, very, very good at typing, and I was inspired after reading an article in the local paper about yes. a girl who set up her own business, it was now time to put it into practice because I got the industry experience. I, I set up my own business in secretarial and office services, and um, this business was very successful. And, and my first goal was to run the business for five years because statistically startup businesses go out of business within the first three years. Yes. And and I wanted to prove to myself that I could be a success. And so yeah. I ran it for five years, started off uh, doing sort of, you know, word processing, uh, expanded into desktop publishing when new software came out, did speciality in CVs. Um, then expanded into printing and, and I, I had like some staff working for me and, oh. and and it was really really good but then it's like I wasn't learning anything again you know and it's I got to a point in the business where I was bored with it I felt like a glorified secretary for other people and I wasn't right. expanding my own skills so I went back into industry and um I started off as PA to the managing director of the company that my ex-husband had left uh, the company for to go and work for. Right. Uh, and and af oh. after working there for uh, six months, I was promoted to quality manager. And, you know, I sort of performed different roles within that organisation, which broadened my experience. Yeah. And I left there to go and work for a, a training organisation, which there again expanded my skills i got lots of experience in 
being an assessor for NVQs. Yeah. Uh, I was promoted to commercial business manager. So I'd go into companies, look at what the systems were, where, where the needs were, the training, and I'd look at how we could support them. And then yeah. I started like assessing NVQs in management, you know, at level five and gotcha. and and everything. And then uh, from that company, um, I actually left there to go and work for Burnley Enterprise Trust, which is the organisation that I'd got business support from when I was setting my own business right. in 1988. So it's like I'd come full circle. It's a very small community there in Burnley, isn't it? <laughs> it was really great because I had a lot of autonomy in that role. Uh, I started off there as business support manager and I was running the startup training for yeah. um, you know for people coming through that startup program. Um, and I loved my role there. But then I got promoted to executive director and then all the things I loved about my job, I found out that I wasn't enjoying anymore because like other people were doing those roles. Yes. And my head was stuck in the project management and the finances and those are aspects which to me I absolutely hate doing. Mm. And, and and it was a big lesson for me, you know, in, in when you're actually looking at your job roles and when you're creating roles uh for yourself do the things that you love do the things that you feel passionate about and then yeah. get other people to do the bits that you don't like <laughs> yeah that's it yeah and and the, what's funny is we ran um, a couple of projects we ran a young entrepreneur project so i wrote a program called are you up for it uh and we deliver this to school children at turf Moor in burnley and uh it was a huge success you know and it, it was all about inspiring young entrepreneurs to set up businesses because I know from my own experience I was inspired when I was at school to set yeah. up my own business and that's not yeah. a career option which is traditionally given to you no. by the career service no it isn't so for me it's about planting those seeds mm. and then we ran a women into business project and I became so inspired myself uh, I always remember when um, we were at the Life Mastery, Tony Robbins Life Mastery program up in uh, Scotland. And uh, I don't know if you remember Shaw Slocum, Michael. Yes. But Sh yes. Shaw was one of Tony Robbins' lead trainers and he yes. was running the, uh, the Life Mastery program that I was on. And he said, when you start to do what you put on this earth to do and truly live your purpose and you step through the door, and close it behind you, you're burning your bridges so there's no going back. The mm. universe will open doors for you that would never have opened had you not made that decision. Mm. And I took this literally and I went back to work. We had a board meeting three days later and I handed my notice in. <laughs> I know, and I always remember that because um, I was uh, only one of uh, two women on the board. And the other woman wasn't there, the other female director. And I just mm. said, gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. I've decided I'm going to do what I'm put on this earth to do. And I'm giving you nine months notice to leave because I'm setting up my own business. <laughs> and then this voice in my head is going, are you mad? You're giving up a really secure, well-paid job. By this time, I was going through a divorce because my husband had left me uh, for somebody else. And so the, the household income had halved. Mm. My expenses had doubled because it was just me paying everything. Yeah. And I had two children at home. And then I'm giving up a secure job to start oh. up on my own with no customers. <laughs> and uh, but I just knew that it was what I needed to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I, that's exactly what happened to me pretty much. <laughs> word for word <laughs> yeah i left um i will never forget it i left on the 4th of july 2005 independence day and i'd resigned obviously six months prior to that in fact i left earlier than the six months notice that i was working and exactly the same i had no experience in business running my own business i had no you know yeah Hundred <laughs> percent. I know the feeling. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So, so I, I set up my business, which was called Global Hugs, and uh, and I gave it that name, Hugs, because 
I remember when uh, when Brian and I split up in 2004, I took my two children, Christopher and Emily, they were 14 and 16 at the time, to Tony Robbins' event down in London. Yes. And um, I just thought that this is the best investment I can ever give them in their mm. future. Yeah. And at that event, I got so many hugs from complete strangers. Mm. And when I went back to Burnley, I went for a night out down to the local pub with my girlfriends. And at the end of the night, I said, come on, girls, let's have a group hug. And I invited two of our male friends into the circle. And then we had individual hugs. And I always remember my friend Steve said to me, he said, do you know what, Deborah? I didn't realise how much I needed that hug. Yeah. He said, I haven't had a hug for five years since me and my wife split up. Whoa. And it was in that moment that my hug mission was born, you see. Yeah, and so yeah. I used to just offer people hugs as, uh, to help the excluded to feel included. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd offer homeless people a hug. And you know, a lot of them would say to me, that means more to me than people giving me money because yes. we're treated like lepers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and going to networking events, you know, everybody's there being very formal with the handshakes. And I would just say... I'm the director of Hugs for Global Hugs. Would you like a hug? And I put my <laughs> arms out. And there were two reactions to this. Some people would say, oh, yes, oh, no. please. And we'd have a hug. And other people would say, uh, no, I'm all right, thank you. And I say, <laughs> I'm all right. Okay. I do hands as well. <laughs> so we'd have a handshake. But do you know what? People have never, ever forgotten me for that. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Amazing. And, you know, that brand and, and that uh, just being authentic and in, in my, my mission and who I am yeah. is memorable because people remember how you make them feel. Mm, 100%, yeah. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, Global Hugs, how did you, did you monetize that in some way? Well, uh, I actually called my business Global Hugs and, yes. and I thought, how am I going to get my coaching and training business into hugs? And so I, yeah. I developed it into an acronym and right. it stood for Hunger for Unlimited Growth of Self. So that's where the hugs came in ah. and how I tied it into what I was actually doing. Oh, brilliant. The director of Hugs was my job title, you see. Got you. I understand now. So it was a coaching company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did. I, I was coaching uh, entrepreneurs, chief execs. Um, so I was doing business coaching. I ran business mastermind groups. Uh, yes. But I'd all, I was also trained with Harry Singer at the Youth Coaching Academy in London. Yes, yeah, and, I know Harry. Yeah. Uh, after uh, attending the Wealth Mastery course down in London, I realised I needed um, another source of income. Mm. And um, I started offering supported lodgings for homeless yeah. teenagers. Oh, and wow. So come and live with me for up to two years because I had a really big house, five bedrooms, two spare bedrooms. And yeah. so I offered supported lodgings for up to two years for homeless teenagers. And I was able to support them with my coaching skills. In fact, one of the young men, Ashley, I took him down to uh, Unleash the Power Within and he got a place on the Discovery Camp and he ended right. up winning a scholarship to go to Discovery Camp in America, and that was life-transforming for him. Mm. And now he's running his own business in woodwork, and he's absolutely flying. Aww. And so it's lovely to be able to have a positive impact with young people. It's, you know, something that's really close to my heart. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so how many teenagers, teenagers you said, how many of them did you have come through your house, effectively? Um, gosh, one, two, probably about about fourteen to sixteen over a two-year period. Yeah, uh, some would stay longer. Some mm. were emergency placements, yes. and I'd do respite placements for other carers for when they were going on holiday. Wow! And then um, it was really interesting because. Um, I was having a coaching session myself because as coaches, you know, we know the importance of coaching for ourselves. Mm. And I was having a coaching session and I was asked a question <laughs> which sort of uh, made me think. And the question was, Deborah, how far down on your list of priorities do you come? Mm. And I started to make a list of all the people that I was putting before me. And I yes. realized that I was number eight on my own list. Wow. 
And then I read Tim Ferriss's book, uh, The Four Hour Work Week. Yeah. And he talks about the new rich and how the new rich have a series of mini retirements in their life rather than waiting until retirement age and then enjoying their life. And I thought, oh, what a good idea. I'm going to have a mini retirement. <laughs> and so I gave my children six months' notice to leave home. Um, I stopped doing the, the supported lodgings. Right. I sold my house to my next-door neighbour who's always said to me, if ever you move, give me first refusal. I gave virtually everything away to like the women's refuge and charity and my furniture set up my son in his house, my daughter in her house, my nephew in his house. And so virtually I became a nomad and I booked a one-way ticket to Peru. And this was a journey of me learning to really love me because it's the first time in my whole life that I'd ever spent any time on my own. Wow. And I was in the Amazon rainforest uh, working with the Shipibo tribe and um, working with sacred plant medicines, which gave me a whole new um, aspect to myself as a multidimensional being. Mm. You know, and, and, I, and I, I was shown many insights. I, I got many insights from working with, uh, with the plant medicines. And, and it led me on this, this journey of self-discovery. And this journey of living a very, very high vibration existence and being able to manifest like that as I was moving around Peru. Because I'd gone to Peru not having any money. My sister had lent me a thousand pound. And and that money lasted me. I was away for 11 months. And as I was running out of money, I just set the intention and it would drop in. So, for example, as... um, I was living in this sacred valley in Peru in Olantitambo and uh, I set the intention to have free food and accommodation living in heaven, wherever that was. And yes. then I saw an event advertised on Facebook of all places in the, in the next village. There was going to be a, um, like a, a gathering of uh, spiritual souls and I felt really called to go. And then the woman who was running this event put a post up the same afternoon, saying she was looking for somebody to go and live there on a work exchange basis uh, for free food and accommodation. I went, yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was just like synchronicity after synchronicity the yes. whole time. And, and uh, what I really learned was that I am a magical creator. We all are magical creators and we can create whatever we want because every thought we have is a seed of creation. Mm. And when we're living a high vibe life, well, then we manifest a lot quicker as long as our emotions are on an even keel. Yes. Um, And so I, I just had all these amazing transformational experiences whilst I was in Peru. Yeah. When I came back to the UK, this would have been um, August 2014, um, I had six months of not doing anything, just being really still and integrating my, my journey. Yeah. And um, I'd, uh, I was offering free hugs at the yoga show in Manchester uh, with my friend Paul. And um, so over the three days of this event, my friend Dawn came and and she gave me an essential oil experience with one drop of peppermint oil. And I could not believe how potent this one drop of oil was. I could feel it working for like two and a half hours. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? I never felt anything like it. And my intuition was telling me to, to look into it. Mm. And I had really sore knees because I've been doing a lot of mountaineering when I was in Peru. And she gave me uh, this rug to put on and all the pain went away instantly. And I was like, yeah. wow. And my intuition was telling me to buy a set of oils. Bearing in mind that I'd come back from Peru owing Paul 500 quid because he'd lent me money to fly home because I didn't have any. <laughs> yes. And then my intuition saying buy a set of oils. And the cheapest set of oils was like... Um, I think it was about £115, which Mm. to me was an enormous amount of money when I didn't have any and I didn't have an income coming in. Yes. Um, But I always follow my intuition. So I bought a set of oils. Right. And then it's turned into a business for me. And now, you know, I teach classes in teaching people about essential oils. And it's like joining the dots. I was working in the Amazon with plant medicines 
they're natural healers, they're potent. You know, we were using medicines for clearing the blood and yes. and for resetting the, the digestive system and all sorts of like things that we'd go out into the Amazon rainforest and pick off the off the trees and the vines yeah. and yeah. grew up and and drink these horrible potions. And then they come into uh, essential oils and they're realizing that essential oils are it's like the soul of the plant. They are potent, mm. potent plant medicines. So I started to um, learn about essential oils and teach people about them. That led to a business, which I had no idea that it was going to work like that. Yes. Um, and Paul and I had, uh, were in a relationship, and we'd been in a relationship for sort of nine years. Mm. And then uh, on our ninth anniversary, we reevaluated the relationship and realized that it had run its course in its present form. And so we changed our relationship status on that day from partners to best friends. Right. And he's still my best friend. Oh, but, wow. And this was in, um, in December, and it was round about the 26th of December. I think it was Boxing Day when we were having this conversation. And I said I'd move out on the 1st of January. Mm. But I had no idea where I was going to go. I wasn't bringing in enough income to get a mortgage or pay no. rent because it was like a lifestyle business that I was just getting going. Yes. And I just thought, Deborah, remember, you are a powerful creator. You can create anything. Mm. What would be a creative solution to not having anywhere to live? Yes. And so I just set that intention and then it dropped in. It was so obvious. I had friends who were house and pet sitters. Yes. And I thought, I can do that because then I don't need money for mortgage. I don't need money to pay bills. I'm living in other people's houses, mm. looking after the property and the pets when they go on holiday. Mm. And we'd gone to an event in Manchester. I set the intention for my first job to come in. I told my friend and she said, why don't you put an advert in the Lady magazine? I said, I don't have time for that. I said, I'm, you know, I need to move out on the 1st of January. I don't need to do that anyway. Yeah. Anyway, five minutes later, I got my first pet sitting job. <laughs> right. The first person I told said, I'm going away on the 1st of January. Would you like to come and look after my cat and my, my fish? I said, yeah. So that started off my house and pet sitting business, which was called Hugs House and Pet Sitting Service. Yay. <laughs> and I started off doing it for free. Um, yes. And then I realized that I was providing a really valuable service. 100%. Yeah. So I started charging for my service. And it was really um, for two years, I was running that business, living in complete trust, not knowing from like one job to the next yes. when the next one would drop in. Yeah. And uh, it's like I was testing myself at my powers of creation and trust in myself. Yeah. And yeah. also in the universe to provide. And and I remember sometimes, even the day before, I had no idea where I was going to be the following day. Mm. And I'd just say, right, okay, we're having a laugh now. Let's just, like, drop in the next job. Because <laughs> 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 I, I always remember, Michael, I don't know if you remember when we were doing Date with Destiny course and we went through our list of uh, six human needs and at that time, back in 2004, I had a very, very high need for certainty. Yes. And I switched mine and got rid of the certainty so mm. that I replaced it with uncertainty. So I'm able to live with an enormous amount of uncertainty in my life. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, requires remember, a, that requires a huge amount of trust. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's trusting yourself. Yes. Because I always remember Tony Robbins telling us the more uncertainty that you can live with, the happier you'll be. Mm. And it's so true. It's so a paradox. I've been on this journey, <laughs> yeah. you know, to to live that that walk that path of trust, learning to love myself, learning to trust myself, and yeah. learning that that all my needs will always be taken care of. Yeah. Wow. Now, what happened was that, uh, so I'd been running this pet sitting business and, mm. and, and it was so successful. I even had people doing jobs for me. I set up like a little agency. Um, so the jobs, instead of turning jobs away, in which case you're then losing customers, um, I would take the jobs on and find someone in my close circle of trust to go and do that job. Because I had, by this time, other women contacting me 
looking at the lifestyle that I was leading and, and being inspired and wanting to live that same life of freedom. Yes. So I was able to give them a taste of that. They would get 75% of the fee and I would get 25% as an agency fee for getting that job, doing the paperwork uh, and setting it all up. Wow. And then it came to uh, last year Hmm. and world events changed. And then overnight, worldwide travel stopped and all my pet sitting work stopped overnight. Yeah. When we went into lockdown. Of course. And then my ex-husband died. Uh, He had a brain tumour. And uh, I took a couple of months out to be really still and quiet and to grieve his passing. Because although he'd left me for someone else, you know, we still loved each other dearly. Mm. And, um, you know, one of my gifts is being, as a way show, is being able to show people new paradigms and how endings can be transformed into something else. So um, going back to 2004 when he'd left me for somebody else, because of the training that I'd done, I knew that if I found an empowering meaning for that, Instead of going into victim mode and feeling yes. all sorry for myself, yes. I could get through it. Yeah. And after two days, I, I came up with the empowering meaning that he'd left me and I could now become the person that I'm destined to be. Yeah. So every time I felt, you know, I thought about him leaving me, I felt empowered and I was mm. envisioning me becoming the person that I'm destined to be. Yes, And so I was able to go through a divorce without any arguments and to have that friendship. I even went to his wedding when he remarried, you know, to do the video and photographs. And we became an extended family. Mm. And so when he when he passed away, I was grieving for yes. him because, yeah. like, he was such a big part in my life. And him leaving me when he did was part of my own awakening and me stepping into my personal power yeah. And and living the life that I've always known that I was destined for. Yeah. And so when we fast forward now to him actually, you know, going, um, it was in May last year. Hmm. And so I'd spent some quiet time. I wasn't running my essential oil business. I was doing nothing apart from just being in nature. Yeah. And... Um, I remember a friend sent me a video and she said, Deborah, she said, I know that you're into energy and vibration. And she said, have a look at this video and see what you think. Mm. And I watched this video and I just got tingles all over. It's like the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and I could feel um, like this energy coming in. And I knew that my intuition was telling me to research and take note. So I spent 48 hours researching everything I could about this frequency technology. Yes. And I had a call with uh, with Cindy in America who demonstrated the equipment to me and showed me how through long distance you can read somebody's aura and it'll show you what percentage the chakras are functioning at. And it was like, wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, how can I buy this, this equipment? And, uh, you know, I find out that the entry level uh, for the technology was 500 euros uh, and the top of the range one that she was using was two and a half thousand euros. And I didn't have two and a half thousand euros. But when's money ever stopped me from doing what I'm being called to do? (laughs) And I thought, you know what? I've got a credit card and I've got 3,000 limit on that. So I'll just get it on my credit card because I always pay my credit cards off every month. So, you know, I have plenty of capacity on there. Yes. So I invested in in the top of the range device. It arrived. I charged it up. I did a scan on myself. And then a friend of mine in South Africa had had a a sudden death in the family and she'd Mm. gone into an emotional meltdown. Right, And I just said to her, do you want to hop on Zoom and I'll send you some frequencies? And I didn't have a clue what I was doing, Michael. Right. <laughs> I was just following my, my guidance. And yeah. um, and I just called him, you know, my team of helpers. I was like, come on, guys, help me out here. What do I actually do? And so I just sent her the, some frequencies. Yes. And she had an immediate healing. And my intuition just guided her to work with these frequencies because once you're connected to anything in the information field, you can pull it down at will. And I just said to her, you can call these in just through intention to continue to work with them. And she did for 
like the following two months unbeknown to me and she had uh, transformations in other areas of her life Fabulous. and and so like from from starting this business last year it's led into a global business i've got over 330 people on my team now in the uk america australia uh asia all, all over the world yes. i'm building a, a global movement to raise the vibration of 10 million souls this is what wow. i'm called to do and be part of this shifting consciousness because this technology is helping us to raise our vibration yeah it's actually um it's classified by uh, it's cleared by the fda as a, a pain device for the relief of pain because okay. it's working with microcurrents so it's delivering little electrical impulses to the yes. cells yes uh which stimulates the mitochondria in the cells so it gives you more energy yeah it uh, increases protein synthesis and amino acid transport so there's a lot of health benefits mm. using it as a health and wellness tool Yes. Uh, and a lot of biohackers are using it for getting maximum results out of the body. Yes. But we can use it for so many different purposes because it's got over 120 programs. Wow. So just from me following my intuition, taking action, being guided in yes. how to use the device, uh, it's led to a global business for me. I also offer one-to-one sessions quantum frequency sessions for people where we craft a very specific intention statement based from the reports that come out yeah which uh, which can uh, show us what's going on in the subconscious it can show us generational patterning it's it's an awesome coaching tool mm. and then i send the frequencies that then they can continue to work with um, so how how this sounds fascinating how do you send the frequencies so it, uh, the, the technology, it's just like a very small device and yeah. it's powered by uh, two different apps. There's one yeah. app for the microcurrent technology, which but you need to be there physically because you're using uh, wristbands for that. So you oh, need to okay. be with people physically. Yeah. But the other technology is using uh, radionics. And so in the other app for the radionics technology, we create a client record. Right. We put in there a photograph of the client. We've yeah. got the identifier, so the name, address, date of birth, and place of birth, because it's only you in the universe that has those unique identifiers. Yes. And in the, it's working in the quantum field. It's quantum technology based yes. on Tesla, Tesla's, uh, you know, technology. Yeah. And so, uh, in in the quantum field there is no separation in time and space so it doesn't matter no. where anybody is in the world mm. can be located through the, those identifiers the device scans their energy field and yeah. then it then is able to um you know i just press a button and it sends the frequencies to that person so i just get them to put their attention above their head they tune yeah. into the information field and they can feel the the frequencies it's extraordinary. Brilliant. Wow. And very exciting. Yeah, so that's brand new for you. Well, it's about a year old now. A year, yeah, yeah, a year old. Yeah. And this has brought in more abundance for me than any of my pre you know, previous businesses. Uh, right. it's grown so quickly. Um and do you know what? It's not like work. It's I'm in flow doing it. I just love helping people. Yeah. Um and what I'm doing now is I'm creating training specifically for practitioners who want to use this uh, technology in the businesses so that when they actually invest in a device, they can get a very, very quick return on their investment. I was in profit in my first 30 days, Michael. Yeah. So yeah. from a two and a half thousand euro investment, I got yeah. all that back and more in my first 30 days. Yeah. And so I want to teach people how they can use this technology very quickly with clients yeah. in order to uh, enhance the results that they're getting because it works very, very quickly mm. and how they can use this technology via Zoom because a lot of practitioners uh, with the world events that have happened have yes. not been able to see clients on a one-to-one -one basis. No. Because so of you... the social distancing. Yeah, so are there, so you kind of appealing to people that are already doing you know, well-being work with their clients or coaching yeah. or... Yeah, coaches, therapists, practitioners, healers, yes. Reiki, 
energy workers. Um, so those are the people that I'm specifically working with. Yes. Uh, but 82% of people that buy the device buy it for personal use. They're not in a in a practitioner setting. Right. right which is right. great because the goal of, the, of Marcus, who's the inventor of the equipment, is to get the equipment into the homes of 100 million people worldwide because in as it's helping them to raise a vibration it's helping them to sort of when when you match the frequency of something uh in the body say for example if you've got um pain there if you match the pain frequency it brings it into resonance and then uh can help to shift it so my dad for example has really bad um rheumatoid arthritis and so I'll check in with him on a daily basis and I'll say, what's your pain level today, Dad? And he might say like a 7 out of 10. Bearing mm. in mind he's got a really high pain threshold, right? Yeah. So I'll run a pain program on him. And then so 55 minutes later, which is the length of the pain program, using the microcurrent technology, yeah. I'll then say, what's your pain level now, Dad? And it will come down to about a 2 out of 10. Wow. So it means that his quality of life is vastly enhanced. Yeah, yeah. There's been some days where his, his energy level has been so low, like a one out of ten, or even one day he couldn't even get out of his chair. It was a zero. Yeah. I ran an energy program on him, and then the next thing I know, he's in the kitchen making dinner. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I thought you had no energy. He said, oh, I feel all right now. I said, well, what's your energy level on a scale of one to ten? And he said, oh, I'm about a five now. So yeah. it means that he can function. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it improves people's quality of life, doesn't it, by the sounds of it? It does. What about um, seeing as you were doing work, or be a different type of work with pets and things, what about animals? Oh, yeah, you can use the frequencies uh, with pets as well. And they've actually recently brought out frequencies specifically for pets with some uh, hardware that, um, because like with the wristbands, these are designed for humans. Yes. And so they've got some um, like sponges that you can put um, the electrodes around so that it goes around the animal's fur and you yeah. can adapt it for, for dogs, cats, horses, and people are having outstand, outstanding results. It's mm. phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. It really because... helps to speed up any healing that the, that the animals need. Yeah, I I can well imagine that could potentially be huge because as humans, we kind of go, oh, no, no, I don't need it for myself. I want it for my dog or for my cat or, you know, because they see them as being more important. (laughs) So as a pet sitter, you know, I know that people spend more on their animals than they do on themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, that could potentially be huge, definitely. Fascinating. And how long has it been around? I mean, I'm not talking about... Yeah, the the company set up two years ago, but uh, it's actually the parent company is called Time Waver, and that's been around uh, for over 12 years. Uh, It's technology which is tried, it's tested, but the Time Waver technology is only used by practitioners. It's big equipment. The entry-level price is about €14,000 up to €50,000 plus. So it's Mm. out of the normal price range of the average person yeah and there's been over 30 million euros of investment that's gone in uh, for r&d to actually develop it into what it is now which is a portable wearable device yeah that anybody can use fantastic wow well success with that deborah that sounds amazing and it's come to you at exactly the right time um, yeah. During. And do, I, do you know? Do you know what? As well, Michael, it, it, it sort of uh, has brought all the skills that I've done in the past. Mm. It's like all packaged up now. It's like everything I've ever done in the past has come together in yeah. this business, and mm. I absolutely love it. Brilliant. Oh, well done. Well done. Okay. So, other projects. This is my main project right now. Uh, right. This is my main project, but I have been involved with uh, like a branding community. In 2017, I went to uh, Sammy Blindell's Vision, Voice and Visibility Summit in Manchester, which was a phenomenal event. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've attended many, many business events in my time, and this is the best event I've ever attended. 
And um, Sammy's created something called Ripple Fest, where like for one week in the month, instead of working in our businesses, we work on ourselves and on our businesses. Yes. And uh, I've been involved with Sammy's community for a while now. And um, we had a book collaboration project where there's 27 authors. We, were, we uh, co-authored a chapter each of a book yes. called The Law of Brand Attraction 2. And it was written, all, all of it was done in six days. We were on a really wow. tight schedule because uh, she wanted to release it on World Voice Day. And Dr. John D. Martini wrote the foreword for that book. Oh, and uh, so the book was released on Kindle. It got to a number one bestseller uh, in four categories in the UK, in America. Uh, it was number six. It was number one in Australia, in Germany, Italy. And uh, the hard copy will be coming out uh, soon. So that's a lot of brand attraction too. And it's a fabulous book. And I have a chapter in there called Raise Your Frequency, Raise Your Game. And it's talking about how to raise your frequency and why it's important to do that and the benefits of doing that for business. And I share in there personal examples of of my life. Mm. So what, a a bit of your story, your travel to Peru, things like that, you're sharing in there? Yeah, and I talk talk about um, like my steps to happiness as well. Yeah, uh, and I share about my marriage breakup and yeah. how how I was able to find an empowering meaning for that. Yeah, I talk about that that pivoting point where I was asked by my coach, "Where do you come on your list?" Mm. Because like, how many people? You know, we we talk through society to put other people before ourselves, but what do they teach you on an aeroplane? Yeah, yeah. Put the oxygen. You've got to put mask your own on. mask on first, yeah. and and it's the same in life because you know I see many coaches and healers that are um, not okay themselves, but then they're providing these services to other people, and it's like hand me down energy. They're not using fresh energy. They, you've got to look after yourself. Yes, you've got yeah. to fill your own cup up. Yeah, um, and then serve people with the overflowing fresh energy not from your stale energy because your cup's half empty. Yeah, yeah. Very good point indeed. Yeah, I totally concur yeah. with so that. So if, any, if anybody's interested in buying the book, they can go to www.thelawofbrandattraction.com. Uh, they can put the country in there and it will take them straight through to whichever uh, Amazon link for their specific right. country. Um Fantastic. And if anybody's well, interested in, in the frequency technology, I'm looking yeah. for pioneers to take this out into different countries in the world. Yes. You know, we're right at the very start of um, a curve which is seeing um, like a huge demand for the product and we haven't got enough people to get it out there. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually looking for people to work with to come and join my team we we all work together as a big team and it's great what I love about it is it's not just about me working on my own business we work as a team helping each supporting each other and it's like we're a big family and I love that aspect to it we use a social selling model mainly using social media and I run webinars right great great Sounds incredible, definitely, Deborah. So many things that have happened in your life and uh, some amazing learnings and growth and experiences. Um, yeah, uh, from that very first time of cycling around the, the continent, Europe, and uh, your travels in Peru and having that nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, very, very interesting indeed. You're you're a great example to the world. That that's. <laughs> oh, thank you, Michael. I just like to inspire people that you know they can create whatever life they want. Yeah, they can yeah. create a life of our dreams. And yeah. you know, I just love everything about my life. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't create that. But you know, it comes down to realizing that everything that we have in our life at the moment is of our own creation, whether that's subconsciously or whether it's conscious. So we might as well become a conscious creator of our own reality. And this is what I help people to do as well. I, I think that's the hardest thing for people to realize, isn't it? When even when they're in 
rough times, if you turn around and say to them, well, you created it, and they're going to go, no, I didn't. It was him or her. And, you know, they point the finger. But, yeah, we've made the choice, um, whether it be relationships or working in businesses or, you know, we, we made that first step to go there and then have that experience for our growth as well. So... Yeah, and, and it's also recognising that at a soul level, our soul comes in to be born into certain circumstances. Yeah. So, and we find that in our greatest adversity, when we're going through that those dark nights of the soul, which everybody does because we're on that hero's journey of, of mm. life, it's in yeah. those dark nights of the soul that light the gems, our gifts. And when we dig and we look at what we're learning through that adversity and how are we coping with it how do we choose to respond to yes. what's going on around us that then it's like we we can then um help other people going through that same process because yes. we've been there we found a path out there out of that situation and therefore through sharing our own experiences we're showing other people a way forward and giving them hope mm. Mm. yeah yeah 100 percent Wow. So how can they learn? I know you shared about the book, um, but where can they learn more about you, about the um, the frequency healing system? Uh, could you point them in the right direction with some websites, your social media yeah. links? I'll put it all in the show notes as well, but just say it verbally as well in case that somebody's yeah. sitting there on their phone and typing <laughs> it in. <laughs> The, the, the easiest way to uh, to find me is through uh, Social Tap um, because all my links are on there. So it's okay. HTTPS and then the colon and yes. then uh, forward slash forward slash and then it's S-O-C-I-A, Social Tap, T-A-P yeah. dot com and then forward slash Deborah, D-E-B-R-A with a capital D. Yeah. Sophia with a capital S, S-O-F-I-A, and then capital M for Magdalene, M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-E. -E. So it's Deborah Sophia Magdalene. Magdalene, after the Yeah, and they need to be the initial capitals. Um, yeah. Failing that, if you can't find me on there, I've got a YouTube channel called The Frequency Alchemist. I'm on Facebook as Deborah Sophia Magdalene, also a business page, The Frequency Alchemist, yeah. also on LinkedIn. Uh, Deborah Sophia Magdalene. So I'm um, I'm all over social media if you just Google. Yeah, that that might be the easiest way. Yeah, T type your name because she's an unusual name as well. So that's fantastic. Deborah, is there anything else that I haven't asked that you would have liked to have shared today? I'd just like to say thank you so much. It's been lovely reconnecting with you, Michael, and with uh, you. And if anybody's out there and, you know, the the feeling that the life isn't where they want it to go, just have hope, you know, that you can create, you know, one of the best investments I ever made was in me. And even now, you know, I, I reinvest all the commissions I make into my own personal development. We yeah. never stop learning. We never stop growing. And it's about making that investment in you. Because yeah. the more that you can learn from, use mentors, use coaches, because you're shortening your learning curve. And yes. what I do now is I learn from the best in the, in, in the industry, yeah. um, the people that are already where I want to be. Um, over the years, I've, I've spent a huge amount in my own personal development. So I'm way ahead of the game in, in relation to other people. But then in relationship to where I want to go, building a global movement, it's like, okay, the, I need to learn some new skills. Yes. Um, and so we never stop learning, we never stop growing. You know, that's a really lovely point to make. And I, I remember what you said about how you didn't enjoy school. And same for me, by the way. But uh, my learning didn't start until I left school. You know, that's when I really started to learn about myself, about life, about different things. In school, I learned nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, learn a little yeah. bit. But. Do you know what? I think travel is the best education. And I was amazed when I was traveling at how many families actually travel with the children rather than the children being in school. 
they're homeschooled on the road whilst they're traveling and that is the best education because they're learning life skills which they don't teach you in yeah, school 100 percent, 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. deborah thank you so much for your time lovely to see you on zoom i hope that we meet in person in the near future if you're ever kind of birmingham way on your quest with the via with the frequency, let me know. Um, we'll have a cup of tea or coffee, a bite to eat. Uh, be great to see you in person and get that hug as well. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> and a good stop-off point when I'm uh, down, you know, going down south as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.